0: Outside the sky is dark, the trees are mostly bare, and it's got that weird kind of weather where you can see these old dried leaves bouncing down the street when the wind blows. And it looks like it might snow, so there's fog at the upper reaches of the trees and a really dark sky. I am alone on the third story of this old theater building. As you can hear, it's really echoey. There's nothing else and no one else here. And the paint is peeling. Some kind of wallpaper that used to be on the ceiling has been pulled away, and you can just see the glue spots remaining. And I'm here to record some ghost stories. From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature, real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Erin Jones. It's that time of year when the membrane between this world and the mysterious other world grows thin. Things we can't explain come out to haunt us, things from the in-between. Liz Raider Hagler grew up in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and she was always drawn to this old
1: theater downtown. So the historic atlas is located in downtown Cheyenne. It's a gorgeous building. I know that it was built in 1887.
0: The Atlas Theater went through a number of iterations, offices up top, an ice cream parlor, on the street level, a penny arcade, until eventually the upper stories were abandoned, left to disintegrate, while the lower part was sculpted out into a theater.
1: vaudeville, melodrama. So when I was in seventh grade, I was in a play at the historic Atlas. I was dropped off for rehearsal by my dad, and that was kind of our usual thing. He picked me up from school, and we'd run home, and I would change my shoes or something, and then he would drop me off. And on this particular day, when he dropped me off, I happened to look up. And I saw in the window, there was a man standing in the window. And he had a mustache, he was in a brown suit. He didn't look scary, he didn't look ghostly, but he definitely was looking at me, kind of staring at me, and he had kind of a grumpy expression on his face. And I was a little bit, you know, a little put off because I didn't realize that somebody was upstairs. No one was supposed to be upstairs, but I brushed it off. I didn't think a lot of it. And I went into the building and my director was there and there was a few of our castmates, you know, on stage and I was a little bit early. So, you know, not everybody was there yet, but I said to my director, I said to her and some of the others, you know, Hey, who's, who's upstairs. And I remember everyone stared at me and kind of looked at each other. And the director said, no one else is in the building, but us. So everyone thought that was kind of strange. So she said, well, we should go check that out. The only way to get to the upper levels was through this main stairwell, and she had the only key to get up there. So when we hurried to the side and we go up those main stairs, the door was locked. So she went ahead, unlocked it, and we all poked our heads in um, to kind of see who was upstairs. And the building was completely deserted. There was no signs of anyone. It was quiet. It can be a little creepy up there, but, you know, we didn't see anything. There was nobody there. We all came back downstairs, and, you know, I'm in seventh grade, so everyone's kind of teasing you. Oh, you didn't see anything, and you're making things up. And I felt a little embarrassed, just I was very sure what I had said. But you know, it's like, okay, well, maybe I was playing tricks on me, or maybe there was somebody, but you know, I I didn't I didn't get much into it. So, you know, we laugh it off and uh, we go back to the main stage and a few more people start coming, arriving. And as a couple more people arrive, I remember that another girl, you know, shows up to rehearsal, you know, take off your coat and she walks up to the group and she says, Who's upstairs? I just saw someone in a brown suit. That was
0: only the beginning of this place haunting.
1: And there was another student, a friend of mine, and he had this bouncy ball that he would love to bounce straight up on the stage. And then it would bounce into the audience or it would bounce up into the balcony. He could bounce it so hard that it would go. And so we used to kind of play this game where he would bounce that ball and then everyone would run into the audience or run into the balcony to go find this bouncy ball. Well, he and I were there and he had that bouncy ball and he took it and he bounced it really hard and it flew up into the balcony. So I, you know, knowing the drill was like, hey, I'll go find your bouncy ball. So I went to the side of the stage, and I pull open the curtain, and I'm getting ready to run up the stairs to go look for that bouncy ball, and I look up and I can see to the top of the stairs, and that bouncy ball was bouncing at the top of the stairs. Almost as if somebody was bouncing it, waiting at the top of the stairs. And why it struck me as so crazy and so weird, because it was bouncing straight. It wasn't like it was bouncing a little bit or it had rolled and was kind of finishing its momentum from being bounced before. It was in a full bounce. Somebody was, was flinging it down and bouncing it back up into their hand. I don't remember screaming, but I remember being like, oh my gosh. And I turned around to run back to the stage. I was not going to go up there. It was so weird that the ball was bouncing that way. And as soon as I turned around, I heard a whoosh. And the ball flew past my head from where I was standing, and bounced into the backstage area.
0: Rick Simino is a high school teacher in Cheyenne, and a skeptic.
2: I know that there is no such thing as ghosts. I, I know, I know, I know that that spirits or what have you, none of that is real. I believe in what I can see and what I can explain. But there was a situation a couple years ago uh, around Halloween that genuinely I can't explain. When I was growing up here in town, the haunted atlas was the Halloween thing to do. Once you got out of the age of trick-or-treating, there were hundreds of people who would just line up to take a tour of the Atlas and be spooked and be scared. I take part in a, a sketch and improv group, and a couple years ago, the, the guy that runs the Haunted Atlas asked our group if we would be willing to act as tour guides for a night, um, and we said sure. It was it was something none of us had ever done before on on that side of it, so we figured we would. It was a fun time, they gave us a a quick script and then the night of we showed up a bit early and the guy that had designed the whole thing ran the five of us through each of the rooms and and what was going on. There was a a seance type room and a, a room where the floor gave way beneath you and a room where there was a Cajun themed room that I still don't entirely understand and a butcher who was chasing you with a cleaver. We had a fun time and, you know, a lot of laughs and a lot of jump scares. Then at the end of it, he sort of pointed us in the direction of this is the last place where you're with your group. And once you hand off your group, you need to make your way back up here so that you can be part of the next group. There is not a whole lot of lead time in between. The moment you step out of a room, all of the actors are jumping back into place and rearranging all of their props and trying to set up in the 30 seconds that they have before the next group comes in. And he sort of guided us back to the hallway where you need to go down in order to get to that spot. Turned on the light in the hallway and said, here's the main thing that you need to know. You can screw up any of the dialogue or you can, you know, say something that isn't in the script at all. But this one spot, you have to be careful where you're stepping. And none of us had seen it because most of it was in the dark. But in this hallway, there were large gaping holes in the floor. The upper portions of the atlas are not anything that anyone has used or or lived in for decades it has given way to uh, years of just rotting wood and there are holes in the ceiling where rain has come down through so then we all got into position and started working our way through the groups. And after one of my groups, I was making my way back across the, the hallway. And I took a quick second to just glance over where the holes were. And I glanced up and I could see the, the moon through the holes in the ceiling. as i was glancing at the moon and and just realizing that's not safe or secure at all somewhere deeper in the building there was just this this scream of of panic <laughs> Screams throughout the building the entire night, but most of them are followed immediately by giggles, or you know, a, there's a definite difference between a scream of someone who's having fun and a scream of someone who's in a genuine panic. And as I was standing there in the complete blackness, just looking at the moon through holes in the floor and ceiling, this scream just Penetrated me to a point where I was no longer in myself. It was like I was in a dream state instantly. I was just in the building and I could see everything in the building and everything that was going on in an instant. like I had been transported out of my body and just into the spirit of the building, the the spirit of fear that was permeating the building in that moment. And I could see groups making their way through, I could see the whole system of it as though I was understanding it on paper rather than being present in in the building at all. I wasn't myself because there was no sense of me anymore. Later in the night after, after we were done giving our tours, I was talking with the other people and I asked about the scream and they all acknowledged that they had heard it, that something else had happened somewhere in the building and none of us knew what it was. But more importantly, The person who was giving tours after me asked me at what point she was able to get a tour ahead of me. And if you step back and think about it, that makes no sense. Like I said, we were all on a very strict schedule where there is a very slim window between each group. And there's simply not time for one group to get ahead of another. You would see that happen. And the only time that I can think of where she would have been able to get ahead of me would have been in that moment where I wasn't there. That at some point she must have moved past me in the hallway, in a very thin hallway, where the floor easily would have given way without noticing me. makes no sense to me I know that couldn't have happened that way but I can't explain it any other way
0: Our storytellers were Liz Raider hagler and Rick Simoneau If you've got a scary story to tell, get in touch. We'd love to hear it. Find us on social media at human nature pod. I'm Erin Jones. This episode was produced by me with pre-production help from Charles Fournier. Original improvisations by Micah Schweitzer and Anna Rader came from the creepy broken piano on the third floor of the Laramie Plain Civic Center. Our thanks to Kim Middlestadt. Editing help came from Greg Ronco and Alec Schaefer. Our theme song is by Caught a Ghost. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public Media.
2: It's human nature.
0: like some lighter blinky stuff
1: you have some gongy stuff you have some creepy stuff you have like a building thing what else do we need